Welcome into a Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton, and we are so glad to have you with us on this Tuesday. Man, what it's been a little, little rainy here and there, but otherwise a really, really good Tuesday uh, for most people. And there are some who aren't having great Tuesdays, and we'll talk about them today, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into it, Mo, how are things? What's going on? Oh, it's Tuesday. It's just been Tuesday. It's, see, and it, I'd rather Tuesday be Tuesday than Monday. Well, that's true. That is true. We've had some Monday Tuesdays. Without question. So <laughs> we'll, we'll take Tuesday Tuesdays. It's Top 5 Tuesday, and our top story and our top five coincide. Gotta love when you can tie the, the first thing you talk about and the last thing you talk about it together. In a nice little bow. Yeah, tie it all up. It will be devastating sports injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like literally four come to mind like that. Mm -hmm. So this should be this should be fun. Should be a really interesting top five. So stick with us throughout the show. We'll get to that later. We of course have our Top of the hour Titans report at 3 o'clock with Terry McCormick. We'll also talk with Chip Walters. It is Tuesday, so we'll get his thoughts on the trip back from Como and Murray State coming up for the football Raiders. We'll also hear from him about a lot of other things that are going on, I'm sure, in the world of MTSU. And, of course, at 2.20 today, we have a very special guest, Eric C. Henry, of Horns 24-7 will join us and talk about the big Texas win over Alabama and looking forward to that. So, plenty to get to. Let's hop right in, Mo. We've got yesterday's results, today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Monday volleyball action. Columbia Central swept Hampshire three to nothing. Franklin Road Academy swept Columbia Academy three to nothing. Harper swept Independence Academy three to nothing. Middle Tennessee Christian swept Grace Christian of Franklin three to nothing. Ditto for Cullioka over Mount Pleasant, not Moore County. Summertown over Spring Hill. White, White County over Stewart's Creek. And Wilson Central over Laverne. Loretto, meanwhile, defeated Lawrence County three two. And it was Gallatin three, Springfield one. Here's that. Gives them the Laco Cup. They beat they both beat. Summertown and Lawrence County. Well, I guess. they still got to play Summertown again, though. Yeah, I but, so, but yeah, 
They beat them on the road. That's that's good enough. There you go. That's there good you enough. Go. For Give me. it to them. Give them a tell. <laughs> Girls soccer action yesterday. Watertown was a five-one winner over Cannon County. It was Clarksville three. Whitehouse one. Clarksville Academy was a three-one winner over Good Pasture. Lincoln County down Columbia Central four to two. Meanwhile, Franklin Road Academy shut out St. Cecilia Academy 9-0, while Hunters Lane was an 8-0 winner over Glencliff. Giles County with a 2-0 win over Loretto, and just piling it on there. And East Robertson was a 2-1 winner over McGavick. Middle Tennessee Christian, 5, Columbia Academy, nothing. Mount Juliet falls to Lipscomb Academy, 3-0. And Zion Christian with a big win over Richland, 3-2. Monday Night Football. We'll talk more about this one here in a second, but the New York Jets in overtime get a 65-yard punt return to walk it off against the Bills. Just as we all expected. Yeah, exactly exactly how you drew it up. Yes. Um, Major League Baseball yesterday, Braves and Phillies split a doubleheader. Braves winning 10-8 in 10. Phillies winning 7-5. Braves' magic number to clinch the NL East is now at four games. Um, Orioles 11, Cardinals 5, bird fight. Uh, Milwaukee defeated Miami, goodness gracious, 12 nothing. It was Oakland 4, Houston nothing, and the Cubs with a 5-4 win over the Rockies. In volleyball action today, Station Camp is at Gallatin at 5, also at 5. Hunters Lane welcomes John Overton. Wilson Central is at Warren County. Zion Christian at home against Franklin Classical at 5.30. Lawson is at Antioch. Valor Collegiate at East Nashville. Providence Christian at home against Columbia Academy, while USN welcomes Middle Tennessee Christian. At College Academies is at Harpeth or not. College Academies and Harpeth are playing. playing. Where? Uh, I don't know. Flip a coin. Yeah, good luck. Check your local listings. White County at Laverne at 6. Loretto hosting Collinwood. Mount Pleasant's at home against Summertown. And Riverdale goes to Murfreesboro Central. Waverly is at Santa Fe at 6.30 tonight. Smyrna's at Cookville. Lebanon hosting Stewart's Creek. Columbia Central's at Lincoln County. Blackman's at Oakland. And Spring Hill hosts Lawrence County. Siegel and Rockville will play at a time unbeknownst to us. Girls soccer today at 4.30. Middle Tennessee Christian is at Battleground Academy. Also at 4.30, Franklin Christian is at Brentwood Academy, and Lawson is at Overton. At 5 o'clock, Antioch at Cane Ridge, Davidson Academy hosts Nashville Christian. Valor Collegiate travels to Ezel Harding. Glencliff hosting Martin Luther King. STEM Academy goes to Lead Academy. Springfield hosts Portland. And Grace Christian of Franklin is at the Webb School of Bellbuckle. At 6 o'clock, Tullioka is at Cornersville. Christ Presbyterian hosts University School of Nashville. Independence Academy is at East Robertson. Waverly goes to Harpeth. Harpeth Hall hosts Ensworth. Clarksville Northwest goes to Henry County. Rossview is at Kirkwood. Murfreesboro Central is at Marshall County. Tullahoma hosts Lawrence County. Warren County goes to Watertown. And Kenwood is at White's Creek. 6.30 tonight, Clarksville Northeast is at Clarksville High. East Hickman's at hosting Cheatham County. Fairview is at Creekwood, while Macon County is at White House. At 7 o'clock, it's Beach hosting Gallatin. Centennial at Brentwood. Smyrna at Cookville. Dixon County welcomes West Creek, and Franklin County is at home against Giles County. Franklin travels to Independence. Republic is at Merrill High. Nolensville hosts Page. Oakland at home against Rockville. Summit goes to Ravenwood. Spring Hill is at Shelbyville Central. Siegel at home against Riverdale, and Liberty Creek is at Sycamore. 
Major League Baseball tonight at 5.35. You can catch the Cardinals at Orioles. The bird fight resumes. Reds are at the Tigers at 5.40 this evening. The Braves at the Phillies at the same time. At 6.40 tonight, the Marlins are at the Brewers. The Astros welcome the Athletics at 7.10, while the Cubs continue their series at Colorado at 7.40. In minor league play, the Sounds are at Charlotte at 5.35 p.m. And that, folks, is your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly. And... Of course, Piggly Wiggly has so many great things, such as meat and vegetables, fresh hand-cut meats daily, fresh produce, and of course, it's just cost plus 10% at the register, so you can't be mad about that. You can also pick up a great lunch at the deli, meat and two, meat and three, desserts. Desserts, man. Desserts. Those cobblers, they're just, they're otherworldly. They really are. Well, the best cobbler is one that you may or may not eat. I don't know. Uh, the pecan cobbler is just. I've never seen it over there. Oh. If I saw it, I would probably try it. It's. Because my assumption is it's it, it's probably like the pecan pie filling mm -hmm. with a pie crust. It's basically just a pecan pie in a yeah. cobbler form. That's exactly what it is. And I could probably handle that. Because I really do like the filling of pecan pies. You gonna scrape the pecans off? Well, I if they're if they're crunched up so little that it's hard for me to like get the full effect of the taste. I can deal with it, but it's the whole pecans on the top of the pecan pie that gets me. Oh, because like if you have to chew it, one yeah, whole pecan. That's all I taste. But if I can, if it's just a little bit of pecan in the filling, I'm, I'm down. I can do that. Just put it in a blender. That's what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Diva party of one. Anyway, uh, hey, listen, Mister Pickle. <laughs> I'm just hey, and I'm not mad about it. I, I, I'm there a pickle friend. I'm yeah. a pickle friend. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I do want to know, however, why AchillesX.com, and I'm calling it X because they're doing something I don't like, uh -oh. and that is uh, it's telling me that Achilles is spelled incorrectly because it wants me to uh, capitalize the A. And it can't tell the difference between apparently. The, well, I can see how it couldn't tell the difference. That, 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 <laughs> it's just wild, right? That is wild. <laughs> well, we're you know what about, I mean. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not talking about the the Greek mythology character. Mm, mm, mm. That's, that's wild. I'm talking about the tendon, <laughs> and and Aaron Rodgers. The, the tendon that is torn. For one, Mr. Aaron Rodgers on his left side. Did you see the replay? Yeah. Where you can literally see it roll up his calf? Yeah. Ooh. Well, the same thing happened to, to Mike, Michael Soroka. I mean, you saw you saw the the mm. the spring. Oof. And and it's I mean, it was a brutal injury. I mean, not to watch. It wasn't like, you know, Tyron Prothro's leg or anything. Mm -hmm. Or Joe Theismann or anything, but it, but you know, as I'm watching it live, I thought maybe he just like you know hyperextended or something. Like, I thought maybe it was just a bad sprain or something like that. I thought the guy fell across it. I, but, I couldn't tell. Yeah. But then when they showed it back and it showed how his foot was flat 
and, and it hit, rippled. And, yeah, and you saw Ooh. the the hip go forward and the leg go forward. That was I was like, okay, yeah, that that's not oh, good. Yeah. And the fact is, you know, he was four plays into his New York Jets tenure. You know what was what was odd about the way that was handled was after the game, Jets coach Robert Saleh. I guess that's how you pronounce it. It is. Okay. He just said, yeah, it's an Achilles and it's bad. And in a world where we got to go look at the tape and we don't know and we've not talked to the medical team and this and that, for him to come out and address it post-game like that was different. different. Yeah. But I'm sure he got the report at halftime. It's, it's an Achilles. He's done. And he, he is done, right? I mean, you, you can't come back from that. I don't. His age. I don't know if it's a matter of you can't come back from it or Why? do you want to come back from it? Do you want to put the work in at 3940? And how far back can you come at 3940 from that? So, I mean, he might just want to get far enough that he can jog and, you know, play slow pitch softball or whatever's next. But I don't know that he necessarily wants to come back to NFL starting quarterback level comeback. And this is the third Achilles tear in the last month, Mo. J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers last night, Andrew McCutcheon not too long ago. What is the deal? I I wonder, and we might have to reach out to PT, ATC, and friend of show, Pernell Knox, to get a little insight. I wonder if there's a situation where certain things are being strengthened that overtax other things. That's it. That is that is a it's a thought. You know, he he did have a he did have a calf injury not too long ago where he had to rehab that. I wonder if that. I don't know if the calf was on his left foot or his right foot. I, I don't clue. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I don't care that much, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I just I, you're right. That that may be that that's a thought. I mean, if if, if you are overtaxing a joint or a tendon with the musculature of something else, you know, something's got to give. I would think that's now that's just me kind of spitballing a little bit. That's that's. It kind of falls into the a little knowledge as a dangerous thing type category, but it would be good if we could get somebody on to maybe discuss that a little bit more. How, because, you know, you saw Achilles tears, but not to the degree that we have seen them with high caliber major athletes. I mean, again, you mentioned Soroka. Soroka tears his twice, once just by walking through the clubhouse. I mean, what what brings that on? Are some people more susceptible to him? If so, why? How? Yes. It's interesting. <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about this because I just got I just got an email 
from the Nashville Sounds. Nashville Sounds athletic trainer Jeff Paxton has been named the, I'm sorry, Jeff Paxson, P-A-X-S-O-N, has been named the International League's athletic trainer of the year. Hmm. Seven seasons. We need uh, to over get him on the show. Maybe we should get Jeff <laughs> on the show. We could probably find a way to get make that happen. I'm just saying. Uh, possibly. Uh, yeah. So before we get out of here, because we've only got a couple minutes left, obviously the game was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because again, he goes out four, four game, four plays in. Yeah, and so that throws everything out of out of sync, especially for the Jets, who end up well, winning the game. and for Peyton Manning. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, he said, I got nothing on Zach Wilson. He said, I've been watching tape of, of Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, from Cal. I've been watching, you know. And I don't have a clue. I got nothing on Zach Wilson. Well, so. <laughs> Josh Allen, three picks. And a fumble. Two fumbles. Two? Lost one. Okay. Two fumbles, lost Four one. Four turnovers. Four turnovers. Mm -hmm. America, are you pulling a Bernie Mac, Chris? I'm just going to ask a simple question. Where is the hate for Josh Allen? For Josh Allen. Because I hate to tell you this, Josh Allen and Ron Tannehill are the same person. What has Josh Allen done in his career to give him a pass? Would you like to find out? Since 2019, when Ryan Tannehill took over the starting position Since for, the Tennessee, okay. for the Tennessee Titans. Was, was Josh Allen the starter for the Josh Allen was the starter Okay. the Buffalo Bills. They lost in the wild card to the Texans. The Buffalo Bills did. Tennessee Titans lost the AFC Championship game to the Kansas City Chiefs. The next year in 2020, Buffalo lost the AFC Championship game to the Kansas City Chiefs while the Titans lost in the wild card. 2021, they both lost in the divisional round, except the Titans were the number one overall seed. And last year, of course, Tenny Hill was hurt, so I you can't compare the two. But they are the same person. They have done the exact same things. Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in this league. Ryan Tannehill's trash. That's what I hear. I'm done. I, I, if I don't see folks calling for Josh Allen's head on talking head shows, and all I hear about is how bad Ryan Tannehill was, and Ryan Tannehill was bad. Ryan Tannehill, was, you're talking about Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. He was bad. Well, Joe I, Burrow was bad. Right. Josh Allen was bad. And, and, I, and I think people are making that correlation we're making that correlation late last night and are making that correlation today that all three of them were bad. And they better be because I'm not seeing And none of them's bad was any worse than anybody else's. Why Josh Allen hasn't been considered historically in the same category with well, he's younger, Ryan Tannehill? But he was put into a better situation as a rookie. And Ryan Tannehill was tasked with, with trying to make the, the Dolphins good. And, and when he and was there, they were bad. Yeah. And, and, and I, think, I think some folks have not been able to let go of his performance 
in Miami with a bad team. I think that's carried over into his Titans tenure, fairly or unfairly, I think it has. And and I think mostly been, unfairly in my opinion. Well, sure. but hey, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying. I, sure. I think that people have held on to that. Oh, 100%. But if, if you're objective about it, your point is pretty inarguable. They're, they've, they've both achieved the to the same level same as a quarterback. Thanks. Yeah. So. And the fact is that the Titans did it with a worse supporting cast. Well, outside of Derrick Henry, it, but that's yeah, it. That, but and, it's tough to say it, but that's it when well, it's Derrick Henry. I mean, who who do the Bills have that? Who who is the Bills? Derrick Henry? They don't have one. I would go to their wide receiver core from the last few years before. Well, they had to get Stephon Diggs, right? But but the point being that they put a lot of effort into their passing game, whereas the Titans did not, and Ryan Tannehill has still matched Josh Allen's success rate. Maybe not in the regular season, although they have both gone 12 and 5, and I think I think Allen went 13 and 6 or 13 and 4 one year. Mm -hmm. But they've still achieved the exact same thing. Neither one of them has been to a Super Bowl. They both lost neither one of them has been to a right. right. They both lost in a wild card. They both lost in a divisional round. That's all I got. Josh Allen gets a pass. Ryan Tannehill, we want to see Malik Willis and Will Levis. I don't know. Well, maybe that's a fan base thing as much as anything. It, I, it, it certainly is. But there's plenty to talk about. We'll, we'll get some more from the Titans report at the top of the hour with Terry McCormick. Right now we're going to take a break. Eric Henry standing by. Talk a little Texas Longhorns right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat 
to the roar of the crowd and everything in between. Discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint in the Lee Company studio. We are coming to you live from here in Columbia, just south of Nashville. In SEC country, though, and we're going to take a trip to future SEC country, <laughs> to Austin, Tejas, where Eric C. Henry joins us to talk a little bit about the Longhorns. Eric, what's up, man? going on fellas always a pleasure to be on with y'all hopefully you can hear me was having a little bit of mic issues earlier so hopefully i'm coming in loud and clear you you're coming, you're coming in clear, clear. uh <laughs> less loud but we're, we're, we're working on the loud <laughs> yeah we, we got you though we'll get we'll get you there appreciate you taking some time with us eric i'm going to dispense with the formalities is texas back is texas back no and i'm going to tell you why mo they never <laughs> left oh <laughs> 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 well, if you ask some folks around here, they may say that. But here's here's the reason why, in my opinion, as a newcomer to these parts, right? I think you got to ask yourself two questions. Do you have an elite quarterback and do you have an elite head coach? The answer to both of those questions is not a resounding yes. Uh, you took a step in that direction with Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian getting that victory over Alabama. Let's start with Quinn, right? Quinn is someone who uh, last time I was on your guys show. Talked about the fact that you got Arch Manning, five-star recruit coming in, and you got Malik Murphy, who's also a five-star talent from Inglewood, California, who, who pushed him, right? And the fact that Quinn really did enough to win that job in the spring and, and lock down the job in the fall. Every time we talk to him during his media availability, we usually get him every Monday. He just emphasizes the fact that he was able to grow into the quarterback role because it was his team. With that being said... Still had some challenges. Opening week against Rice, struggled with the deep ball. Quinn, historically, and over his first, you know, now a year and two starts uh, with the Longhorns, has had some struggles with the deep ball. So to see him and the offense take that step forward, hitting one to Xavier Worthy, hitting one to A.D. Mitchell, when you have the type of weapons, guys, that Texas has surrounded him with, it, he needed to have that type of game against Alabama to take a step in the right direction and really quiet any type of voices who might want, you know, a, a different quarterback under center. And then for Steve Sarkeesian, guys, take a look at his record. You know, it's something that I even was caught by surprise. 
he's just about seven or eight games over 500 as a head coach. And obviously we know some of the things that, you know, his personal struggles that he dealt with at USC cut his tenure there short. But even when you go back to Washington, there were some seven and six years in there where you take a look and you say, hey, this is a guy who got this job. Yes, because he's a, a very talented head coach and a creative offensive mind but also nick saban and, and stark will be very vocal about this when you ask him nick saban saved his career and he got the saban stamp of approval but in terms of being a, a, a head coach that's proven in terms of winning games that's still something that took some time so uh, is texas back no in large part because those two guys have to continue to taking steps forward i think that's a fair assessment to I, a degree i do too i do too but i, I will say this your quarterback is only as good as his supporting cast, and he's got a pretty good one. And if that's what you're going to get from Quinn Ewers, then yeah, he's he he can be elite, especially in the big in the Big Twelve. That being said, and additionally, Steve Sarkeesian, now obviously as a head coach, has had some some struggles, but as an offensive coordinator in Alabama, he was elite. And if he gets to a point where he's able to to replicate that success. Uh, consistently, I think he's going to be an elite head coach in the SEC in the future and in all of college football. My question to you would be, how much, how important was it for Texas to have the ability to match Alabama or even exceed it in the trenches? Because that's really where they won the football game. No doubt about it, Chris. Here's the deal. When you took a look at Texas coming off of the Rice game, the number one thing that surprised me were the struggles that the Texas offensive line, not the defensive line, Texas defensive line is legit. We saw that on Saturday and we saw it you know, really since the start of fall camp. But that offensive line, when you return four or five starters, guys, and they're having trouble picking up blitzes against Rice, that was concerning. And what concerned me even more was talking in the post game with center Jake Majors when he said, yeah, you know, the communication issues we had, that was on me. Uh, you know, we didn't communicate from center to guard, center to tackle. Then, <laughs> All right, well, hang on a second. Let's think about this. We got four or five returning starters and we're at home against Rice. And we're having communication issues. You had to ask yourself, how are they going to be able to communicate going into Bryant-Denny Stadium? So to see them do a complete 180, and dominate the line of scrimmage the way they did. Uh, shout out to right guard DJ Campbell, who had a very rough game against Rice. And now we've got clips of him on Twitter, finishing blocks six, seven, eight yards downfield. Steve Sarkeesian said, and a lot of the offensive linemen said, that it was their most physical practice at Texas under Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, the week of practice they had leading into the Alabama game, and that showed and it paid off on Saturday. Now, Eric, as far as Texas and the Big 12 goes, they built an SEC team. Can, they, can an SEC team win the Big 12? <laughs> well, right now, you take a look at the struggle Texas Tech had losing to Wyoming. You take a look at you know some of the struggles that Baylor's had losing to Texas State. I don't think there's any doubt they can win the Big 12. I'm just trying to figure out who's going to be that second-best team. Because right now, Texas is clearly the most impressive team. You want to say it's going to be Oklahoma, right? But you still have some things to figure out there in Norman. Kansas and Kansas State seem to be the best options. Yeah, there, there you go. You were going right where I was heading. I'm a big believer in Jalen Daniels, guys. Anyone who has enough confidence and swag to walk into Big 12 Media Days with his highlights playing on his chain, 
you have to appreciate that in my mind. And he's a stud. We saw it on the field as well when he's been healthy. And K-State, Chris Kleiman, he's got that program again back in contention as well. You know, Will Howard has got some things going. That running game with Treshawn Ward coming in from Florida State as well. So uh, I think, again, DJ Giddens, that, those two teams are the teams you got to keep an eye on. But you ask me, can they win the Big 12? Oh, most definitely. Now, they haven't proven it since 2009. They've got to go out and continue to prove it. But talent-wise, I, I think far and away, Texas is the most talented team in this conference. Eric Henry of Horns 24-7 joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, obviously, you went to Tuscaloosa, and I, I hear you had some interesting travels post-game. Um, Eastern time zone is a thing, Eric. But um, want to ask you what your thoughts of Alabama were on the ground. Mo. You ever have that sinking feeling? I'm sure, you know, you try to catch a flight and you just know you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was the feeling when I plugged in my GPS, uh, you know, to get back to Hartsfield. And I saw that thing flip from Central to Eastern time. I was like, oh, man, luckily I made it. Funny story. I will tell you how my thoughts were on the ground in Alabama, but I'm sure you guys will get a kick out of this. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a frequent flyer, I have pre-check and clear. I, I recommend it for anyone who fly, flies often, right? So I get in the line in Hartsfield, and it's my first time flying out of there. So I ask one of the people working the line, like, hey, is this the pre-check line? He says, no, nah, it's the general line. I'm like, all right, where's the pre-check line? He's like, it's over there. And he kind of gives me a look, and he's like, hey, for, for, for 20 bucks, I, I can put you in a wheelchair, and I can throw you in, in the pre-check line get you to the front of the line. I'm thinking I'm going to you know, kind of just brush the guy off, and I said, you know, hey, uh, I don't have any cash on me. He's like, Ash, I'll take cash out, Venmo, whatever you got. I, I, I did not take him up on the offer and luckily I, I made the flight regardless but I respect the hustle of everyone trying to make a buck as to my thoughts on the ground in Alabama yeah um, you know what I really enjoyed my time we stayed in Birmingham myself and shot to Chip Brown of uh, 24-7 sports as well Horns 24-7 we both stayed in Birmingham and really enjoyed the time there downtown Birmingham you know it was weird guys because I was in town last week last year uh, covering an FIU Texas State game the same week uh, of that game here in Austin and Austin was hopping from Friday. You know, it, it was just packed with fans. When we got to downtown Birmingham, it was a little bit weird not to see anybody out four o'clock the you know day before the game. But by the time we stepped out of the establishment that we had a couple of uh, uh, waters in, you know, uh, that we, <laughs> it, 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 you know downtown Birmingham was flooded with folks in Tuscaloosa. The atmosphere inside of Bryant Denny Stadium, I mean, one of a kind, electric. They know how to keep their crowd engaged for four quarters and. And the, the campus, University of Alabama, is a gorgeous campus as well. So uh, that, that, that kind of sums up my time there in, uh, in the South. Um, what did you see out of Nick Saban's bunch? I'll break it down to a couple parts. One, I saw enough out of Jalen Milroe to say there's something there. That's a guy who I will be very intrigued to see what he looks like five, six, seven weeks down the road. Don't let his numbers fool you. And I'm sure everyone, you know, watching saw that game. He was pressured all night by the front four. They did not have to blitz a ton. Texas did blitz on under defensive quarter Pete Kutowski, but it, not often. So that was a struggle. Interested to see what he may look like towards the end of the year. Uh, in terms of the team, it was interesting, guys, because Texas was the one who looked as if they were more composed. And something I wrote was that Steve Sarkeesian didn't want to call us a statement game. He called it a benchmark game, you know, that he'll see that both teams, excuse me, would see what their team has 
uh, exiting that game. And I, I, I wrote something disagreeing, saying, hey, you know, Sark, Bama has 15 years worth of track record to know that they're going to be 10 wins competing for an SEC title at the end of the year. They don't need a benchmark to know that. Texas needs the benchmark. They're the one with something to prove. And you would have thought that Alabama would have been the team that were, was composed and had been there before, but it was Texas who came out from jump and looked like the more composed team. So I'll be really interested. This seems like the first real project job that Nick Saban may have had with a team in a very long time. Yeah, and look, after watching this game last year, I expected Texas to win the game uh, and and had no – had no real, you know, conviction about it until I saw Jalen Milrow was going to be starting. Because the fact is, I don't think he's good enough to win football games in the Southeastern Conference consistently. I just don't. I think they have two quarterbacks there who are better suited. But, you know, clearly I'm not there every day. And I, who am I to, to, to say anything about what Nick Saban does at his quarterback position? But, you know, as far as as far as Alabama long-term and Texas long-term, do you feel like Texas has a better chance over the next 10 years to be more successful in the SEC than Alabama will be? I can't go there just yet. Just yet, Chris. If you take a look at the track record of programs, oh, since 2000, programs who have left, uh, have been a part of realignment, Power 5 programs, the only real ones who have uh, a, a higher increment of success joining their new league is Texas A&M. And part of that is because Texas A&M just wasn't really that great in the Big 12 prior. Uh, you know, it's a slight increase. Virginia Tech. And that's it. You got the Nebraskas, the Miamis of the world who have taken a downturn. Now, I will say this. Steve Sarkeesian is recruiting at an SEC level. And that does make them dangerous. But I am not willing to bet against Nick Saban just yet. And quite frankly, you know, you, you gave me the options of Texas and Alabama. Well, we still got Georgia. Right. And, and I think that's the big team right now that's run the SEC. That could be the biggest impediment for both those programs. Sure. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think, you know, obviously Tennessee's been on the upswing last year. And so and, and and when you go away from divisions next year, it, it all just kind of jumbles up because you, you never know who you're going to face uh, year in and year out. You don't have those same five or six opponents that you know you're going to play. So it, it, it could all change drastically. We don't, we don't know. So I, I, I think you're, you're probably right in sticking away from that, that, that question. But yeah, you know, I was impressed with Texas. I think most people in the country were impressed with Texas. And I feel like this is a team that it, it really is Big 12 championship or bust for them. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, first off, you take a look at the bullseye that was placed on their chest, proverbial bullseye by Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark, who, I mean, come on, guys, it's laughable. Brett Yormark at Big 12 Media Days. In the first, I, I was there and I heard it. In the first 45 seconds of his opening address, he talks about how it's a, this season is going to be an ode to the to the con- contributions that Texas and Oklahoma have made in the conference, right from from the start. That's his quote. And then he gets behind a different audience and he starts running his mouth and shows his true colors, his true feelings. And 
that in itself, I think, puts a bullseye on, te- on Texas. But also, just quite frankly, I mean, with the measure of talent that they've achieved uh, on this roster and for Steve Sarkeesian in year three, they have to win a Big 12 title. Nothing short of that is really going to be acceptable, especially, uh, you know, well, I mean, now coming off the Alabama win. But in my mind, you just look like another team entering a league in realignment if you don't come in with some sort of momentum. Uh, you talked about the weapons, Chris. You said the weapons, uh, quarterback's only good as his weapons. Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders. You got the number one running back, according to 24-7, and, and C.J. Baxter. The, the list goes on. And now this defense is stepping up and forcing turnover, turnovers and rising to the occasion. It, it, now, if, if, the, if the expectations weren't high you know, entering the season, they're even raised now. Nothing short of a Big 12 title is really acceptable. And... Eric, you know, you mentioned your Mark's comments. Um, Texas-Oklahoma championship game is an absolute nightmare for the Big 12, right? Sure, sure. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, the dark horse, and I'm not just saying this because it's my alma mater, I think the dark horse you'd have to look at as far as the newcomers was like a UCF looking at, you know, how much talent, how much power five talent they've been able to to kind of compile down there with, with Gus Malzahn. But now that their quarterback's hurt, John Rice Plumley, it doesn't like that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, an absolute nightmare situation because it, it, it's, it's the, the ode to the Big 12 from day one. But, yeah, we'll celebrate you, but just on the way out, let, let, let's have some of these teams that are actually going to be here actually compete for a conference title. Yeah. yeah. It is unfortunate about John Rice Plumley, uh, former Ole Miss quarterback. Great, great kid, dual sport athlete. Love the kid. Uh, I hope he can find his way back to the field because he, he really does give UCF an opportunity to be successful in, in the Big 12. And, you know, <laughs> as far as the newcomers go, they need UCF to do something because Houston ain't. Uh, sure. <laughs> so, so there's that. Eric, man, we appreciate you taking time with us today. Uh, I don't know if Texas is back or not, but it's going to be fun to watch them all year long and obviously next year in the SEC. Chris and Mo, always a pleasure hopping on with you. I hope I get this mic thing worked out. Y'all can hear me uh, it loud. Sounds, it, no, it, I got it's you better I, now. We're I got good. you loud, so you're you're good. I think it was on our end on that part, so yeah. it worked out. We appreciate you, Eric. Appreciate y'all, fellas. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, Braves chatter split yesterday, but some positive things, and we'll get to those right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back Neck Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation, report of finding, for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. September 12th, 1972, and I had my page elsewhere. There we go. In the final appearance of his 10-year career, former 30-game winner Denny McLean takes the loss when he allows three ninth-inning runs and does not retire a batter in the Braves' 7-5 loss to Cincinnati. McLean thought to have been involved with gambling toward the end of his 131-92 and Cy Young winning career, Gives up a single to Pete Rose on his final pitch. That was this day in Rose history. All righty then. Yeah, yeah. Slow day in Rose history. Yeah, not ideal. But, uh, yeah. Sure, we've... But you didn't know Denny McClain finished his career with the Braves, did you? I, I, I did not know Denny McClain. There you go. Finished his, his career. Uh, that's interesting. How about that? We we like to inform. Speaking of informing, before we get into the Braves, mm-hmm. let's give a shout out to Smyrna legend Sonny Gray. Fifteen hundred Ks. Fifteen hundred career strikeouts. 
in the major leagues with the Oakland A's, contrary to the graphic that the Minnesota Twins put out, the New York Yankees, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Twins. Did they forget the Yankees? I don't know if they forgot him or not, but they used pictures of him from the A's, Reds, and Twins. But anytime you can exclude the Yankees, probably. It's a good thing. <laughs> no need to put, no need to, to include them at all. Uh, you know, 1,500 Ks is nothing to, nothing to, to, to shake a stick at. You know, that's no, pretty solid. That's, you've been around a while and you've, Played at a pretty high level for a while to get to 1,500 career Ks. I mean, I know that we are in an era of baseball where compilers are, it's like a negative. Any, anything that relates to more is better is, we're not into more. We're just into right now. So, yeah, I, but still to have, to have had a career long enough to strike out 1,500 batters is pretty significant to me. I, I would agree. I would agree completely. Now, obviously, in a, in a world where strikeouts are far more prevalent from hitters than, than back in the day, but it's still pretty impressive, no, sure. no, no question. Um, again, before we get into Braves, saw this story pop up and I'm not sure if you can get to it from this link anymore. You, yeah, sure. you can. Uh, the Astros and Royals will be donning Negro League uniforms this weekend. They play this weekend? Uh, it may be... Here in Saturday's game in Kansas okay. City. Yeah, I thought it said this weekend, but I wasn't yeah. entirely sure. The Houston Eagles and the Kansas City Monarchs. Always fun you can get a Monarchs uniform, but I, the Eagles are pretty cool. Um, yeah, this picture from 2014 that the Houston Chronicle has of um, Jose Altuve. It kind of looks like a high school uniform, but I love but it. It's clean. But I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm curious what their road uniforms will look like, because this is a home uniform, mm -hmm. but they'll be in Kansas City. So I'm curious what the 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 road grays will look like. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Reading from this article announcing this on HoustonChronicle.com. Although black professional and semi-pro teams were common in Houston from post-Civil War days, the city was a late entrant into the Negro Leagues which were winding down after Jackie Robinson broke Major League Baseball's color barrier in 1947. Two years after Robinson's MLB debut, the Eagles moved to Houston from Newark, New Jersey to become the first Texas team in the Negro Leagues. The Eagles lasted less than two seasons in Houston, splitting the 1950 season between Houston and Nashville, Tennessee, as opposed to before playing the final season in New Orleans in 51. so They were the 1946 always, Negro World Series champions. Always a Nashville connection. Always. <laughs> Speaking of, Matt Olson <laughs> has a Nashville connection himself. He does. His home runs number 49 and 50 is going to break the, the, the Braves record for single season 
home runs. And no one will be happier when he does than the current single season home run record holder. Andrew Jones, when he was on the broadcast on um, Saturday night, talked about how he's um, Matt Olson's number one fan and, and can't wait for him to break that record. So, I don't know if you know this or not, but Matt Olson, if he played for the Dodgers, would also hold the Dodgers record for home Would he hold it already? Season? Yes. Um, Who said it? Gil Hodges? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he also has more home runs than Freddie Freeman has doubles, and apparently, you know, doubles are his thing. So I just thought I would point that out. <laughs> and and boy, what what a great year for Matt Olson. And it's just unfortunate that he's most likely going to be third or third fourth. or fourth in in MVP voting. Sean Green, forty nine in two thousand one. Sean Green, wow. I don't and and. <clears throat> I hardly even think of Sean Green with the Dodgers. I think of him more with Toronto. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't even have thought he was. He, of course, 2001, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to anything but the Braves. But, I mean, I was 16 years old. So, I mean, there, there <laughs> I wasn't really there, paying much there, attention. There you go. But, but, yeah, you know, Matt Olson has been – such a great addition to this team. I, I really feel like a lot of folks are saying that this is a this is an anomaly year for him. This is a you know a, or a breakout type of year. I just feel like when you're in an organization and you're in a lineup like this, you feel a little more comfortable. And you know when he came here, we all said anybody who saw his spray charts knew that. The chop house was going to be good for Matt Olson, <laughs> and it has been. And it has been. But uh, it just it makes so much sense for him to be here. The way that everything has played out, it's it's probably one of the greatest moves in in Major League GM history. And not not saying that you know signing Freddie would have would have been fine. It would have been. Perfectly fine. Everything could have just gone on. But in the way that it happened, not being certain of your future with Freddie Freeman, going and getting Matt Olson, and him producing the, the way, way he's he has, produced the yeah. last two years has got to be among the, the, the top five things that's ever been done by, I mean, by you, GM. You could have gone and gotten a first baseman. Yeah. But no, you went and got the best first the the best the best non Freddie Freeman first best, baseman in baseball. He was the maybe? best first baseman you could get. I mean, Goldie was out there, but you're not getting Goldie. But he was the best first baseman that you could. Well, what you have we even wanted Goldie though? Yeah. I mean, Matt Olson is 29 years old. No, I, I understand. Again, no. he's the best first baseman that was attainable, period. And then you got him for 10 more years. Yes, thank you. Or eight more years, however long the yeah. extension was. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Way to go. Good job. And And he's been better, better than we could have hoped for. That's what's crazy. We wanted Matt Olson to be solid. Mm -hmm. We've gotten great from Matt Olson. 
he has been more productive than I would have ever expected. I mean, but I mean, you can't expect somebody to come in and hit 50 home runs. No, no, not a guy who's never done it. I mean, if you know, if not a guy who has done it, I don't think. I mean, I mean, if you if you're talking about going and getting Aaron Judge, then yeah, I expect Aaron Judge to hit 50 home runs. I'm sorry, I just do. That's why. That's why I have you. That's literally the only reason that I have signed you is to hit 50 home runs, Aaron. <laughs> well, the Yankees are very disappointed. Then. Oh, oh, they certainly are. You bet your butt they're they're disappointed. But but. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who, by the way, has played more games than Freddie Freeman. I just want to point that out. He's played 144 to Freddie's 143, and you know that's that's probably bugging Freddie right now more than anything. Did, did you see the um, tweet Friday when Austin sat with the bug that he had? Yeah, and and somebody and it's like his phone's ringing. It's, oh shoot, that's pretty. Yeah, and his wife's like, now he's calling me. It's like, tell him I'm dead. That's the only thing he's gonna accept. <laughs> oh, I, I find I find this very interesting because Matt Olson's batting average and on base percentage are lower than Freddie's, but his OPS is higher because his slugging percentage is drastically higher. And in your first baseman, slugging percentage is what. You really, really look. How many home runs does Freddie have? Uh, 25. Half. Only 91 ribs. To Olsen's 127. Olsen's 127 RBIs are 23 more than anybody else. If he hits 57 homers and drives in 140, I almost feel like you have to give him the MVP. <laughs> Even 57, if. 57, is that what he's on pace for? Yeah. 57 and 140 is what? I mean, it would be really hard. If he gets to 60, it's almost impossible not to. I don't think he's going to get to 60. I mean, you're talking about games. another 10 home runs yeah. in 18 games. Um, How many did he hit in that stretch in July? I, I'm going on record saying <laughs> he's not Matt Olson is not going to hit 60 home runs. But, boy, what if he did? Now, prove me wrong. I'm, 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 I just – again, I – I just feel like Matt Olson has been such a blessing to this franchise. It, it will definitely be interesting to see how the MVP shakes out between Acuna, Betts, Olson, and Freeman. And at this point, Freeman is fourth, right? I think so. And I don't think it's particularly close. And honestly, I mean, Mookie has has certainly cooled off from his August pace. Mm -hmm. Ronnie has heated up from his August pace. Mm -hmm. and, and so right now, Ronnie is running away with this thing. And Olsen has picked it up a notch here over the last little bit after a little bit of a drought. Right. Max Free goes to the bump today trying to decrease the magic number from four to two. As Acuna, Albies, Riley, surprise, surprise. Olsen, Ozuna, Darno getting the start today. Yeah, Sean Murphy has struggled. not been great. I think I heard them say his last home run was June 30th. Yeah, he's 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 been struggling. 
but again, you know, part of that is part of that's not playing every single day. And, you know, sometimes there, there's just, there are guys that, that struggle with the on again, off again type thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's an issue or not, but it feels like he, he hasn't homered since Darno extended. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Hmm. Uh, Rosario will be in left, Arcia at short, and Michael Harris at nine. And boy, turning that line over with Arcia Harris to Acuna hmm. is just disgusting. It well, ought to be. That's illegal. that's why Acuna is coming up on 100 RBIs. Yep. It ought to be. The record, illegal. by the way, for RBIs by a leadoff hitter is Charlie Blackman with 107. I saw that. Charlie so. Blackman. So just there's a number to keep in mind as you continue to discuss MVP. I mean, if Acuna drives in 110 runs out of a one spot, along with everything else he's doing, that's got to mean something. Bigger bases, Mo. Doesn't yeah, count. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, very short break. When we come back, top of the hour, Titans Report with Terry McCormick joins us right after this. Stick around. There is nothing better than drinking an ice-cold beverage while taking in a Nashville Sounds baseball game. Hi, I'm Stephanie Miller with Mornings on Main Street. The Nashville Sounds and Main Street Media Television have teamed up to promote Sunday Family Fun Day here at First Horizon Park each Sunday home game. Just go to your favorite Main Street Media website and click on Sounds Main Street Media Day banner to register to win free tickets. And then we'll see you here at the ballpark. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. Welcome back in. It is time now for our top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick, powered by Zen Sports. Terry, welcome in. Thanks, guys. And yes, it is your Titan Insider Daily Report brought to you by Zen Sports. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about injuries. We know Mike Brable's not very forthcoming, not very revealing most of the time when injuries crop up. But uh, the one guy that I want to zero in on is Amani Hooker, who was placed in the concussion protocol at the conclusion of Sunday's game. Uh, if you watch that game, you know that Hooker had a big role for the Titans defense, had uh, an interception, also had a fumble takeaway and recovery on the opening kickoff of the game. This is a guy that uh, they can ill afford to lose. Now, he's had some concussion problems in the past, and this is certainly worth monitoring as the Titans go through the week and begin preparation tomorrow for the L.A. Chargers coming to Nissan Stadium. 
I did not get to see as much of the game as I would have liked, Terry, but how much did Hooker get in defensively? I mean, you obviously he had that big play at the start of the game on special teams, but, you know, how, how much was he in the mix in the secondary Sunday? Oh, he was absolutely uh, a key cog there because uh, he had an interception and then also was around the football on a number of plays. The injury took place kind of late in the ball game, so he exited in the fourth quarter, and the Titans kind of made do back there using Elijah Molden some. They also had Mike Brown available if they needed to. So already a couple of things creeping up here in the secondary that they've got to watch out for when you talk about Imani Hooker, and then you also talk about Christian Fulton, who missed a good portion of the game with a hamstring. Yes. If, if if there's anything that you're going to deal with with the Titans, it's injuries, it's injuries, right? Yep. So. Yeah, I mean they are due for some good luck, you would think, in the injury department. But uh, you know, and the thing is with the injuries, it seems like sometimes when they happen, they happen at one area, and the secondary is the first place where it looks like uh, the Titans are a little bit banged up. So certainly worth watching and monitoring as they go through this week, uh, not only to see who practices and who doesn't, but also if there are going to be any practice squad call-ups or even some, you know, signing of guys off the street, maybe to come in and fill in. Man. Same stuff, different year. There we go. There we go. <laughs> That's all you can get. That's all you get out of, out of the Titans. But, Terry, appreciate the report. Tell us a little bit about Zen Sports. Okay. Zen Sports is the new sportsbook in Tennessee revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Keep betting and keep earning every month with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. Thought I could hold my liquor. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What, what, no, they, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. up. Whoa! I told you so. That is a drag.
ठंडा का मिश्रण है Welcome back in Main Street Sports Center presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint Chris Yalmo Pat Where's David Cutcliffe when you need him <laughs> on this Tuesday man what a uh, what, what a great day it has been what a great day it's going to be top 5 Tuesday devastating sports industry injuries in, industries injuries uh, there are plenty of devastating <laughs> sports industries starting with oh, the one we're, we were just talking about off air <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, injuries, injuries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, now man. that you mention it. <laughs> no doubt. But first, <laughs> oh, we need to go to Chip Walters joining us here. Talk a little bit about the Blue Raiders of MTSU. Chip, what's up, man? Well, just uh, been a couple of busy weeks and getting ready for the home opener Murray State coming in um you know and obviously I think well y'all might get to see some of the game on Saturday night but you know middle had a had a pretty good opportunity uh played really well at Missouri and uh you know we talked last week about you know the Alabama game and and it was kind of really hard to tell sometimes against a team that good just where you are but and and I didn't think middle played particularly bad at Alabama it's just that uh, whenever they made a mistake Alabama was able to capitalize on it now Missouri had a couple of big plays that accounted for 13 points in a short fairly short amount of time that put them up 23 to 10 middle came back got seven then forced a safety and then uh it got down to the last 3 minutes and uh the uh the stripes got involved as they they often do uh on the road in the SEC uh the uh there was a, it was a 3rd and 20 play coming up middle had sacked the quarterback 3rd and 21 as a matter of fact i think it was with an opportunity to get the ball back uh Teldrick Ross had what appeared to be textbook coverage on on a receiver on that third and long play and out came the rag and uh which uh didn't beat middle but it took away any chance that they had to win at that point uh because they were about to get the ball back and they had been in and all the momentum on their side but uh it was it was a tough way to end uh what was a a really good and very entertaining football game in columbia as the late jimmy davy would say hold on there is tissue on the turf <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. That's, it's a tough one and and chip like you said um missouri probably gave middle a little bit better barometer for where they are going into their home opener against Murray State which is another one that you can't necessarily measure yourself against. Well, yeah, we'll see they're going to you know on on paper but they don't play it on uh, cardboard they play it on the field so that that that's where that's where it'll be and you know I, I and and that's what you just said is is the rat poison that the players have to avoid 
And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I thought uh, Trey Flewellen uh, was very uh, eloquent on that point yesterday during the press conference because he's a transfer from Houston Baptist. And, and, and he said, hey, I've been on that side of it uh, with our team, quote, unquote, playing up against somebody else. I know what Murray is talking about all week. Uh, so I'm telling our guys, you know, we can't buy into that. You've, you've got to and, – and the thing is, the Stock and his entire staff, they're preparing no differently for Murray than they did for Alabama. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same process that they go through every week. So, you know, what, what you have is an opportunity to get yourself – back in the left-hand column this week, and then prepare yourself for another big non-conference game next week against Colorado State. But you, you can't win them both this week, and you don't want to let the Missouri loss get you beat twice. And so you got to be ready to go. Murray's got a quarterback that uh, he's got some age on him. He uh, can run around. They've got uh, as well as throw the football. And, you know, you go back to – Coach Hatcher, uh, that he brought in a, a, a crew of coaches that have really, uh, you know, that, that really did some neat things offensively, including Mitch Stewart, who is Middle's offensive coordinator, had been the offensive coordinator at Murray before becoming the head coach there. Uh, so they, they've been very innovative offensively. And uh, they caught Louisville on a night when Louisville was red hot at home and hit them with some big plays, got behind the defense. And Middle's going to have to, you know, want to do some of that too if they can because they feel like they've got the speed and the athletes to do it. And uh, so it's, I think it's going to be a fun matchup. I think for, you know, for the old heads around, you know, this will be the 70th time that Middle and Murray have played, but it has been about 25 years maybe since uh since they last played the last time they played uh Houston Nutt was the head coach of Murray State was that a conference guy it was and I'll, I'll tell you about that middle leads the series pretty significantly and dominated it uh in the 80s and 90s even when Frank Beamer was the head coach at Murray but during coach Donnelly's era at, at middle uh they had the upper hand uh, in particular after uh, Coach Beamer left to go to Virginia Tech and just absolutely, you know, slapped Murray around a good bit. But Houston Nutt came in, and I think in his second – it was his second year there, uh, as uh, I was telling Coach Stock about this yesterday, he goes, about all the players that, that Coach Nutt brought in up there, he goes, yeah, he kind of invented the transfer portal, but – uh, they had the the quarterback on the Murray team the last time they played was Justin Fuente, uh, and the running back was a guy named Derek Cullors, who went on to play for the New York Giants, and their defense was was terrific. And that day, Murray scored seventeen in the first half, seventeen in the second half. Middle never got across the fifty, and I think we could have played all day. And I'm not sure Middle would have scored on their defense that day. They they were that good, but two two years prior to that, Middle had scored 66 on them. So it was just kind of an anomaly, and that was the last time they played. Middle was on their way out, heading to 
the Sun Belt and uh, and and 1A football at the time. So a lot of good memories. I've seen that horse run up at Roy Stewart Stadium uh, a lot of times. And uh, the first, I think one of the first, the first game I ever went to as a student at Middle, Murray came in ranked number one in the country. And Middle had like minus 34 yards rushing and found a way to block a punt and use their two-minute offense and they beat Murray fourteen to nine when they were ranked number one, and that was that was what really got Coach Donnelly's uh, third season off. After winning one game and then two games, his third year won six games in the fall of '81, and the win against Murray that year was was a real key to getting that started. I think Coach Donnelly threatened to call the ASPCA about Murray running that horse one year. Um, yeah, we're we're speaking with. <laughs> The voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters. Well, I I was going to mention that running live animals on the field, I don't know if y'all happen to see the the bison run on the field, but those dudes in Colorado that have to run with those animals or any animals, you got to run with animals, you got to be in shape. That's not easy to do. So well done to them. But before we get out of that, I want to ask or I want to ask you to kind of tell folks who are going to be going, there are some changes in the way that you will get into the stadium, some tailgating issues possibly. Uh, what, what do folks need to be aware of if they're coming to the game on Saturday? Uh, the biggest thing is uh, is the construction zone that is in the north end of the stadium. If you normally would park in the Greenland Drive parking lot and walk down that asphalt driveway, I'll call it, between the Hall of Fame building and the and what used to be the weight room, that's all fenced off now. So you 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 have to go around the go in between the Hall of Fame and Murphy Center, and you can still get down there to Gate Two and the elevators and all of that. But the big change will be at Gate Three, which is the gate that's in the gate that's closest to the uh, to the football practice fields. Uh, you used to could walk directly from Greenland Drive parking lot straight down a sidewalk to Gate Three. You can do that now. You have to go around the practice fields, which means you're going around. The, I'm not sure if they're going to open a gate on the practice fields, but you have to come through the practice field to get to gate through. And then as far as the big thing, as far as tailgating is concerned, the big grassy area between the Greenland drive lot and the tennis courts uh, is being, a lot of that is being used as a staging area with, uh, with, uh, with, with, construction materials and uh so that's being taken up and so there's some of the what was optional tailgating area for folks there's still some rv spots there that that were that are reserved but the uh, optional spots you're just going to have to kind of be creative there's plenty of grass around the around the stadium uh, I would suggest going to the other end of the stadium and in toward the middle of campus by the old uh uh, over there, by, beside old, between Old Main and uh, and, and and Reynolds Hall, or uh, and 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 there's a big grassy area there that uh, you know, and along East or along Middle Tennessee Boulevard, there's plenty of areas to do it. You you may just over by the baseball field. There's stuff on either side of the baseball field that's still a very quick walk to the stadium. 
Chip Walters, voice of Blue Raiders, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and & Joint. And Chip, as we were revisiting MTSU's time in the Ohio Valley Conference, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge today's news out of Richmond, Kentucky, the passing of Eastern Kentucky football coach Roy Kidd at the age of 91. Hey, Coach Kidd, uh, you know, he was kind of the most hated guy in the, in the Blue Raider Nation back in the 80s and 90s. But what a great football coach, and, and, uh, and, I, and, and he is an even better man, a great guy. I had a, I had a chance after I got out of college and I was working in radio. I, sp- I actually spent 18 months living in Louisville and working on the radio up there. And, and I, I had a chance to get to know uh, Coach Kidd on a more personal level because uh, where I was at, at the Kentucky News Network, we gave uh, a Player of the Year award across uh, for High School Player of the Year in, in the state of Kentucky, and 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 we named it the Roy Kidd Award, and that was just how much he was respected. But he and Coach Donnelly would trade barbs back in the eighties and. And I remember 1984, uh, probably a high watermark as far as middle is concerned in that rivalry because there were some great games. Uh, well, number one, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that Eastern Kentucky's success, winning national championships in the late 70s and early 80s, they made everybody else in the OVC get better. And that was all because of what Roy Kidd did. Uh, and get better or get beat. Yeah, get better or get beat. Roy was a former quarterback coaching at his alma mater at Eastern Kentucky. Boots Donnelly, former defensive back coaching at his alma mater at Middle Tennessee. But in 1984, Middle went up there and 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 won a game at Richmond at Hangar Field. And that was a real measuring stick for where the program was. So anyway, season goes along and Middle ends up, or Eastern ends up winning the regular season championship middle had lost a game somewhere in there and uh and got sent back to richmond for a playoff game and went up there and beat them twice beat them again beat them twice on their on their home field and for middle that that has to be the high watermark in this in the series against eastern kentucky but you know after his retirement you know coach kid was very gracious with his time i remember doing calling him up when they put up coach Donnelly's statue, uh, uh, by the hall of fame and, and did an interview with him. And, and he was just so gracious and, and so warm in his feelings for coach Donnelly. And, and I haven't talked to coach today, but, uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, his feelings for, for coach kid were, were very similar. They were two guys cut from the same cloth and and were as competitive as all get out and and wanted to beat each other so bad but when it was over it was over they'd go to the coaching conventions their wives would hang out together and they were buddies so coach kid's going to be missed and what he did for the ohio valley conference and what he did for one double a football uh should never go uh, should never be forgotten coach at his alma mater, Eastern Kentucky, from 1964 to 2002, over 38 years, um, won two 1AA national championships, 
couple of runner-up finishes, 16 OVC titles, 314 career victories, um, 25 consecutive winning seasons, 17 1AA playoff appearances, two-time 1AA National Coach of the Year. Um, I mean, and there was there was a time, obviously, when you listen to all those numbers and accomplishments, that Eastern Kentucky was the standard for certainly the Ohio Valley Conference and quite possibly NCAA Division One AA football. So, oh, one hundred percent, yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, hey, before we get out of here, got to mention volleyball. Woo, how about that? Road, going down yep. to Auburn. Down, or as some people say on uh, TV, the University of Auburn. Uh, <laughs> they <laughs> went down to Auburn, beat Auburn, and then uh, and and beat uh, College of Charleston or Charleston Southern rather, and ended up winning that event uh, down there this weekend. And they've now won five matches in a row. Got a little something going on that uh, that is a, what we call a streak and uh, getting ready for conference play. So Chuck Crawford's got a really good team. Taylor Isert uh, was named again as the Conference USA Setter of the Week, uh, and it's the second straight week she has earned that. She leads the nation in uh, in digs per set at like 12.9, and I'm not smart enough to know what all that means, but uh, if she's number one in the country at it, it's a good thing. Be pretty good. 12 digs per set is insanity. Seriously. Yep. Like that, that, that means that when, when the other team Thanks tries to yeah. kill it, yeah, you, she's, you, you she's prevented 12, you prevented 13, 13 kills per cent. That, per I, cent. I, I mean, and a set is the, the no. game to 25. So, wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that'll win you a lot of games and yeah. sets. And matches. And matches. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there we go. There you go. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Look forward to the first home game. Yeah, Chip's looking forward to sleeping in his sleeping own bed his Friday, own night. Bed Friday yeah. night. Hey, get now get this. Stock brought this up real quick. Last time Middle played at home was the weekend before Thanksgiving last year. Since then, had to go to FIU, went to Hawaii. Went to Alabama, went to Missouri. So now they're getting getting to play at home. But the good thing is, of the next ten games, six of them are at home. And also, here's another little odd stat: starting this week, over the next seven Saturdays, Middle will play two games on those Saturdays, and it'll be the next two, and then they will have five straight Saturdays without a football game. You won't know how to. Act. I know. I'll, I bet I'll figure it out. <laughs> those those games are going to be very weird. I I can't. I'm going to call Chip on a Saturday and be like, "What you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the weird part is going to be getting your getting our preparation correct. Like mm, the yeah. first one, the, because the first one's on a Thursday, the we next one's on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. But it's like, okay, you know, I normally go see the, the coordinators on Thursday. That means I'll mm -hmm. need to see them on Tuesday or on those 
two weeks where there's games on Tuesday, go see them on Sunday. So, so it's it, it's going to be a little odd. And, and and on the two games where we play on Tuesday, the Monday night coaches show is actually going to be recorded the previous Friday at lunch and played back at the normal time on Monday. So there's a you know there's a, a lot of uh, flexing that that is going on and pivoting. Pivoting being the word that we all learned back in 2020. Adjust, adapt, overcome, right? There yeah. you go. It's, it's, Pivot. A, it's a fluid situation. It's a fluid Chris. situation, baby. Yeah. Has it's a, a developing situation. <laughs> so. uh, Chip, we appreciate it, man. Thank you, boys. Hope to see you all this weekend. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I will not be there. No, I'm umpiring four games. I just found out, so no, I won't be there either. I, I it's mean, Murray. My rat poison or not, uh, I'm, I'm counting on them to take care of business. There. Chris Hatcher got got ran out of Sanford this past weekend. By the way, I mean, Western Carolina beat him like forty to nothing. Ooh, and they've got the best quarterback in the FCS. Who does? Sanford. Oh, because I, I, I was just getting ready to say they must not have a quarterback this time. And no, they the same guy. Same quarterback. I mean, uh, Western just absolutely demolished. It was wild. I, I'd never seen anything. But uh, when he mentioned that, I was like, man, I forgot that Hatcher got thrashed this weekend. Um, yeah, so Hatcher's trying to forget that Hatcher got thrashed this weekend, too. Yeah. He wishes he could forget. <laughs> well, let's take a break. When we come back, little college football talk. Got a couple of things I would – like to get into mm -hmm. as quickly as we can. So stick around. Main Street Sports State presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. 
At the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation, report of finding, for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. You can't see the sights without the sound. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville Sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today. It's presented by Mid-Tennessee Vaughn and Joint. We're here in the Lee Company studio in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us. Chris Yell and Mo Patton. Got some college football talking points to, to kind of get into, Mo. And, and one of them is, you know, we kind of talked about the Pac-12 and the, very briefly, the, lawsuits that are now being filed uh, by Oregon State and Washington State. One of them was to prevent a board of directors meeting because Oregon State and Washington State feared that if a meeting took place that they would vote to dissolve the Pac-12. And Oregon State and Washington State said, "Wait a minute! You've given notice. Here are all the th here are all the ways in which notice was given." Mm -hmm. And a judge agreed, says that uh, they cannot hold the meeting. Temporary restraining order uh, has been granted. Well, they shouldn't be able to vote on the future of a conference that they have left anyway. Well, and they're <laughs> saying we didn't leave it yet, but you did. They haven't delivered George Kliakoff a letter saying that we're leaving, right? So that this they've is, just this, been accepted into another. This conference. is their defense, which yeah. is pretty pretty flaky. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that that's kind of important, and I, I'm just I'm not sure how any of the other what. Seven teams that were left? I don't know. <laughs> they were 12. Then they were 10. So the other seven teams, right? Because you take 
So I guess other eight teams. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because there were ten. Yeah. With with the with the departure of UCLA and right. USC, that got them to ten. And then so then Oregon and Washington State are the no, Oregon no. State Washington State are left. Left. Which means there are eight others. Right. Right. So I don't know how. And maybe they don't care what it looks like because the money is more important than, than the, than the, the public optics. relations. Yeah. yeah. Which I can understand. Yeah, it makes sense. But judge Gary lobby says the motion for temporary restraining order against George Klayakoff and the PAC 12 is a, is a go. So they cannot have the meeting. Judge says conference can continue. This is from Stuart Mandel. Quote, normal course of business day to day, but put the brakes on any more board meetings without further court action. The judge will amend the order to allow the board to adopt a proposal that elicits a unanimous vote like the immediate retention plan. Everybody wins. <laughs> because obviously Oregon State and, you know, Washington State are not going to vote for that, so... The, the schools have the judge's blessing to act on immediate matters affecting this school year. Long term, however, the court will still need to address the issue of which members can vote on what matters regarding the future of the conference. Is it only Oregon State and Washington State? I, I mean, look, I I've said this already a couple of times. Oregon State and Washington State have a case here. Mm -hmm. And college football playoff money going forward and all of the, the March Madness money, that's a lot of money. And oh, by the way, if the Pac-12 still exists, I, I don't think there's any exit fees because they're not having to buy any media rights deals. But there might be some sort of fee that they're having to pay that I don't know about. But they're not having to buy it on media rights deal, so it's not like they've got this ginormous exit fee that they're going to have to pay to get out. Sure. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an opportunity for Oregon State and Washington State to say, y'all lost your voting privilege. We're voting, and oh, we're in, this, we're in the Pac-12 championship game in everything. You guys can baseball and softball will be best of threes. <laughs> yeah, basketball best of five series. Yeah. <laughs> it just is what it is. Enjoy. So I don't know. This is this is pretty crazy. And something that I've never seen before. Now I know the, the big eight Southwestern conference kind of had a a similar situation, which ended up becoming the Big 12, but half of those people left and went to other conferences before they, you know, eventually backfilled with teams that really had no business being in a major conference. And now look at them, you know, Baylor, Rice, uh, Texas TCU. Tech. You know, well, TCU came in in what, 2004? They were in the WAC forever. When the WAC went down, TCU came over. But I mean, there were a lot of teams that had no business being in major conferences. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and now they are probably the number three conference. So 
who's to say that Washington State and Oregon State can't build this thing to, to work? And they've kind of been abandoned out there. I feel like they deserve to try an opportunity, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Give them a chance. They can't do it. They can't do it, whatever. But you chose to leave. That's on you. Nobody told you to leave. Nobody asked you to leave. You left. So and so, so, so go. <laughs> so you don't have any rights to what we do for going. Right. Once once you're gone. Found it fantastic anyway. Second thing, Jeff Levy apologizes as Art Bryles was seen on the Oklahoma sideline Saturday following their win. Camera pans overseas Art Bryles. Now, obviously, Art Bryles probably shouldn't be anywhere near college campus at all. But, but it's crazy to me the number of Oklahoma fans that don't get that. Well, the caveat is that he is Jeff's father-in-law. My dad has never been to my job a day. And, yeah, but your job isn't an event either. Whether it's an event or not. 80,000 people have never been at your job. At my dad time. would not mind sitting in on our show, but he hasn't. No, I, I understand. But what I'm saying is there's a lot different between being there. Now, obviously, he's on the sideline, and that's, that's probably not ideal. But I understand wanting to go to a college football game. So there is a, there is there there's got to be some level of okay he's at a college football game everyone should have the right to go to a college football game especially if their son-in-law's coaching daughters there i'm sure whatever but everyone you, you can't be seen <laughs> well and the best way to not be seen is to not be there and certainly to not be on the sidelines that's what i'm saying you, you don't be on the sidelines I mean, go sit in the stand somewhere. Go shake you know, a pom pom and shut the hell up. Yeah, get a get a get a nice spot, you know, on the forty five and and enjoy and enjoy the game. Sit in the press box, wherever. Get a get him a suite, not the sideline. Can't be on the sideline. Probably wouldn't even put him in a suite because you know those cameras tend to pan up there occasionally. But but and. It sounds, in the aftermath, like Brent Venables and Joe Castiglione thought that was an understanding. Who credentialed him for the sideline? That's I, I bet. I bet he wasn't credentialed for the sideline. That's probably true. I bet he had a credential. That wasn't necessarily. But I his. bet it wasn't necessarily a credential for Art Browse. Yeah, that's possible. Hey, you got an extra one? Let me get that. Yeah. Sure. I, this is on Jeff Levy. Well, and nobody else. Unless 
<laughs> unless Lebby also didn't credential him. Unless, you know, wife, Mrs. Lebby, was like, yeah, come on, Dad. I got you. Oh, that's a bigger problem. And now they've got an issue at the house. <laughs> well, you... But do they, though? Because Lebby's remarks immediately after were kind of, yeah, I did it, and I'll do it again, kind of-ish, you know? Well, the press conference that I heard, and I don't know if this was immediate or whatever, the press conference I heard was you know, him saying, I wanted to celebrate with my family. I didn't really intend for, you know, for this to be an issue because I, I wasn't trying to bring him into anything. I just, I wanted to celebrate with my family, which I guess is, that's kind of where I'm coming from with what if, what if, what if Mrs. Levy just brought dad with her? You know what I mean? And he's trying to not throw his wife under the bus, maybe potentially. I don't know. I just, it's, it's an interesting situation. It's a really weird situation. It's an interesting but situation. It it's again. a very weird situation, and it will not happen again. Yeah. <laughs> because Jeff Levy will be in Ole Miss again. If it there does. will be pictures at every vomitory of Art Browse. Do not <laughs> let, let this man in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it won't happen again. No. Not at Oklahoma. Now, I mean, on the road? Who knows? Who knows? But, there's one place on the road it won't happen. <laughs> he won't even get on campus in Waco. <laughs> he might not get in the town in no, Waco. No, yeah. yeah. his face is it, posted. It, it's on the city limit sign. Matter Do fact, not let this guy in. Yeah. Chip and Joanna have signs that say, sorry, Art, <laughs> turn around. Yep, his picture and a big line, a line through it. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Man. No, it's um, it will not happen again. That is that is guaranteed. Yep, I, I'd put money on that. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have heard those conversations late Saturday night, early Sunday morning again between Castiglione and Venables and Lebby. Now, what are we doing? Because I, I don't think anybody, well, I think everybody sees why this is not a good idea. Yeah. I, I mean, Levy knows it's not a good idea. But I'm telling you, I don't think he, I, I don't think he expected Art to be on the sideline. That's all I'm saying. I don't think he expected it. And, and he had to come up with a way to, like, Try not to throw his wife under the bus or his kids under the bus or whatever. I don't know. Don't, but they know, don't they? She's <laughs> got to know. But you got to think. I mean, it's that it, and and he's probably you know he didn't do anything wrong. Who knows? I mean, we don't know what she feels like. Like that's all. So anyway, there, there's yeah, just but, a lot but Mrs. Mrs. Levy has to realize that now. if nothing else, she's messing with Mr. Levy's money. And she knows now. Guaranteed. They all know now. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. When we come back, top five Tuesday. Top five most devastating, impactful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Injuries in sports history.
There's plenty of them, so stick around. We'll be right back on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtvj.net. Mockingbird, Mock, Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton, Justin Kulik. Yo, yo. Coming in. 
<laughs> appreciate all, all all of your hard work today. Very much appreciate it as always. Um, for us to draft our top five, thanks to our friends at Mid South Five Fitness. Alice Steele and the fine folks there. Stillathletes.com at s t e e l athletes. Make sure to follow them on Instagram. All right. Number one, Justin, you'll be number two. Okay. Mo, you will be number one, and I will be number three today. Most devastating slash impactful injuries in sports history. Real quick, can it be golf, even though that's not a team sport? It, okay, so that's a whole other discussion for today. Golf is a sport, not an athletic event. Okay, all right, good. Because uh, to answer your question, yes. Yes. Good deal. All right. Sounds good. We're, we're not going to let Chris get off on a rant eight minutes no. before we no, go off. No, we don't there. have time for so, that. Yeah. So let's go. So, yeah. So I'm number one. So I'm taking Bo Jackson's hip. Nice, nice. I got to go uh, D Rose. D Rose uh, injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, although great for us, Andrew Luck. Yeah, retired. It's so bad to have an injury. Um, Colts haven't been the same since. <laughs> I mean, yeah, true. No, they have not. Um, this is kind of niche type, but it's kind of one of those hashtag IYKYK type things. You remember South Carolina running back Marcus Lattimore? Mm-hmm. Tore every every knee thing. ligament every ligament Tennessee. Yeah, that's my number yeah, two. That. Oof. Uh, my number two is going to be 2015 Kobe Bryant torn Achilles. Those darn Achilles. Achilles. <laughs> that's with a capital A, by the way. Particularly if you're trying to do it on Apparently. Twitter or X or Odysseus. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my my number two is going to be Greg Oden. And it wasn't just one; it was all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on multiple occasions. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number three, and it might not be third on my list necessarily, but considering I'm one of two Atlanta Braves fans on this show, you remember when Eric Young Jr. stepped across the back of Tim Hudson's ankle when he was covering first base? Mm. Into his career. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my number three. I forgot. I mean, I didn't forget about it, but it wouldn't have been on my list. Mm-hmm. There are other Braves that are close, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that. Justin? Justin? Uh, sorry, Chris. I'm sure this is on your list because you mentioned it earlier, but Joe Theismann broke his leg. That, and that wasn't impactful just for the Washington Redskins. I mean, just think of the 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 entire monologue from the beginning of the Blind Side. It it impacted the entire game the way it was thought of. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm going to stay in basketball though. Grant Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, kind of all of them, but but like like Derrick Rose, it just kind of. It snowballed. Mm-hmm. That first injury and then the, the sickness, and next thing you know, it just yep. snowballed. And he, he, I mean, gosh, he was one of the best players in the game. Mm-hmm. My number four 
Speaking of former Raider running backs, Napoleon McCollum um, did so much damage to his knee with that injury that they thought he was going to lose his leg. I mean, they even tore blood vessels, I think. Yeah, but that's my number four. Solid number four. I uh, am a toss-up now, and this one kind of just came into my mind, but I'm going to have to go Alex Smith. Um, his his whole – I mean, he almost lost his life during that whole leg incident. Uh, good to see him come back, though, and not do too bad. Absolutely. My number four, I'm going to go with, speaking of the Colts were never the same, Peyton Manning's injury won the Broncos a Super Bowl. <laughs> Your face. And, and really, you know, impactful the other way. It won the uh, the Broncos a Super Bowl, and it and it pretty did. much resulted in Drew Luck being a Colt. Right. Yeah. So it was impactful for everybody positively, really. Yeah. Except, except Peyton. Except Manning. Peyton having to deal with the injury for two years, basically. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. My number five, Daryl Stingley, um, getting hit across the middle by Jack Tatum, and coming out of that paralyzed as a result. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Now that we're doing this, I am having so many flood to my mind. Uh, but I'm going to go, since I mentioned that I would, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, and, and I was actually having this discussion with someone over the weekend about how they said that Novak Djokovic was the, the greatest individual sport athlete of all time and mentioned that he had – He'd been the seventy. He played in seventy-two majors and been in the finals in half of them, which is insane. That is, yeah. insane. But if Tiger doesn't get mm. hit with whatever his ex-wife hit him with, <laughs> and, and mess his back up, I think she hit him with everything, man. Yeah, anything she could find. <laughs> yeah, nine, uh, nine, if, nine. If if she doesn't do that. He has the majors record by ten. Not that we're blaming Mrs. Woods. No, no, no. but that's that's no, underlying conditions as well. Well, I'm I'm just saying I don't I don't want to. But but that's I mean I, I don't want that. And that was my number one. You remember when we did what ifs in, in the history? That was my number one. So my number five most impactful sports injury. I'm gonna have to go with. Gosh, uh, man, I was really wanting to go Tiger there, and I can't remember now off the top of my head where else I was going to go. Let's go with Jason Hayward getting hit in the in face, the face. Mm. because I, I promise you that is what that is what sent his career on the trajectory it went on. He was scared, yeah. and as anyone with a brain would be. Sure, really. Honestly, yeah, I mean, scared I'm, again, death. not gonna, not gonna fault him for that. I'm a little surprised you didn't go with Dale Earnhardt. Ooh, wow. That's, that is I the mean, biggest injury. That's not an injury. That's a, that's. Yeah, that's. that's, a, that's I, I tried to stay away from death. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a oof, man. Yeah, that kind of brought it to a somber end there. Well, 
kind of did. I wasn't really that, I, that was not that was the reason it was on my list. I didn't. I don't consider death to be an injury, but technically, I guess the injury resulted in the death. The injury, yeah, um, the fatal injury. It was honorable nice, mention. So, Lebron go, Treadwell, remember that? Oh yeah. yeah, gosh, that was a that was a that, that one killed his career. Yeah. So. All right, let's get out of here. That's Top 5 Tuesday. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 2 o'clock here on Main Street Sports Today. Thank you.